Thank you so much for listening to this parenting podcast in the Training Up Children series. Pastor Mike Dingus of the People's Baptist Church teaches on important and helpful subjects on raising children in the Lord. As the Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. We pray these are a help and benefit to you and your family as you seek to please the Lord in your home. May God bless you. Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22. We're going to be reading verse 6. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Let's read. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for, uh, for church. We thank you for Wednesday. We thank you for the people that are here. And, Father, this wonderful gift of salvation. We ask now that you would just give us a, an open heart, dear Lord, for uh, what's to come this week, VBS, dear Lord. Uh, give Pastor wisdom and discernment as he teaches and give us an open heart uh, to thy word. In Jesus' precious name we ask. Amen. You may be seated. knows my name I can rest in his arms he's always the same when I fall when I call Jesus takes my hand cleansing me lifting me he helps me to stand always the never changes he's always the same always together his love is forever Jesus never changes he's always the same in his love I'm secure we shall never
Thank you so much, ladies. As I said, I wanted to uh, do several uh, Bible studies on parenting just because we haven't had a chance to do that in a while. And uh, with VBS coming up, of course, I thought it would be appropriate. So I want to speak to you on, again on some principles uh, for parenting. But these principles are principles that we can use probably just about anywhere and anything. It doesn't have to be something that is limited to parenting. And so let's pray together. Lord, thank you again so much for allowing us to influence others. Lord, the way you designed uh, us and Lord, you designed the order of things. Lord, all of us have a purpose and a plan, not only to you, Lord, but to those uh, following us. Help us, Lord, to do a good job. Help us, Lord, not to let them down. Help us to prepare the next generation, Lord, that will stand for you. Help us, Lord, to faithfully pass on those things that have been given to us by the previous generation. And, Lord, ultimately that came from you uh, up in heaven. Help us, Lord, as we get ready for vacation Bible school. Lord, it will be a lot of, lot of uh, sacrifice next week for us to be a blessing to, to boys and girls. Help us, Lord, to work together. Help us, Lord, to do a good job. Help us to be mindful of every boy and girl. Lord, realizing, Lord, that one day uh, they might become the next, uh, uh, again, Sunday school teacher or deacon or pastor. Lord, we, we don't know, Lord, where they'll be 50 years from now. But, Lord, we do know this, that we have a chance to influence them. Help us to do it well. And, Lord, with our children as well, help us, Lord, as parents, help us, Lord, to do, again, uh, a work, Lord, that would honor you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. DeWitt Talmud said this. <clears throat> he said, a home is a church within a church, a republic within a republic, and a world within a world. If things go right in the home, they will go right everywhere. If things go wrong in the home, they will go wrong everywhere. The door sill of the home are the foundations of the church and the state. A man never gets higher than his own garret or lower than his own cellar. Domestic life overarches and undergirds all of life. And again, to be entrusted with another life, to be a mom or a dad is a very serious thing. And obviously, as parents, we cannot control the decisions of our children. They will get older, and they will make their own choices, and they will be responsible to God then for their choices. But we do have their formulative years. We do have their first years. We do have, if you will, the first shot at teaching them the fear of God and the justice of God, the righteousness of God. And the truth is this, uh, children uh, get to know us as moms and dads nine months before they see anybody in this world. They get to know our life, and it's amazing how recent studies have shown that children know an awful lot, even when they're in the womb. And uh, they, again, realize the spirit of the home, and they realize, again, the, the, uh, just the, 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 the good things uh, that uh, are there, or the bad things that are there. They realize those things. And we as parents have a tremendous responsibility. Now, just very quickly, I said number one principle for parenting is the principle of holding on and letting go. And that's very important. We need to hold on to our children at the right time, and we need to let go at the right time. Uh, when you walk your child down the aisle and say, who gives this uh, uh, daughter away? And you say, I do. That's done. You're, you have to let them go. Amen? But before that, we have to continue to work with them wisely, knowing we're heading towards that. And so as parents, we need to be very wise with staying in control of our young children. And then, of course, little by little, giving them free reign and letting them and making them make their own choices. 
Number two, we said the principle of not pushing our children past their limits. Last week we spoke about that. And I believe many times as, uh, as parents, we don't realize that we're breaking our children's hearts or making uh, their hearts sick or breaking their spirits or causing sorrow in their hearts. Children are very tender, as we said last week. Of course, they do not have their guard up as we as adults do many times where we don't allow ourselves to be hurt very quickly. Children are in their formula of years where, again, uh, they are very delicate. They are just realizing uh, that there is uh, difficulty out in life. And number three, children are naturally wide open to parents. Uh, children naturally have an openness to parents where parents should, again, put trust and integrity and character and so forth in their children's hearts. But sometimes by wise, un, uh, unwise choices, we end up hurting our children. And so we as parents need to be very, very careful with our children. It is very easy for us to damage uh, their hearts or their spirits. Uh, obviously, extreme things like physical abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse, uh, again, uh, alcoholism, drug abuse, immorality, abandonment, not caring, not communicating, and so forth. Again, that destroys our children's hearts and uh, basically hurts them to a point where they really cannot function uh, up to the level that they should. And we saw that in Absalom in the Bible. What an example of a sad situation, a guy that wrecked his life. Uh, and, and sad to say, uh, he did go through an awful lot of things as a kid, uh, seeing his father marry other women and run around with other women, and again, seeing even in his own home rape and incest and all kinds of things that were going on. And uh, he, he ruined his life, sad to say. Tonight, I want to teach you the principle, number three, the principle of loving all our children the same but treating them in a unique way. Let me say that again. The principle of loving all our children the same, but treating them in a unique way. Now, you can apply this to your Sunday school class if you want to. You can apply this to your bus route if you want to. You can apply this to your employees if you want to. This is a principle that deals with dealing with people. And I think, as I've said two weeks ago, all of these come from God's dealing with us. And I, as a parent, try very hard, and of course I fail, but I try very hard to just treat my children the way God treats us. And God is our perfect example as a father, amen? God is our perfect example of how to deal with people. God knows how to deal with his children. And so again, I, I also believe in, it's very important for us as parents to have the freedom to do special things for each child. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. I also feel it's very important for us to have the ability to uh, teach our children not to be jealous when certain children have certain privileges at different ages. For example, you may have children that are different ages. And the younger children should not be envious of the older children because the older children have more freedom or more privileges or more responsibility, whatever the case is. Our children need to understand that they're all loved the same, but we're going to treat them all in a unique way because they're unique people. In some cases, they've earned certain responsibilities or certain privileges, I should say. In some cases, they still need to earn that. And so I think it's something we need to work on. As I said, when you look at God, did God treat everybody the same? No, he didn't. God personally came to Paul on the Damascus Road. Personally. He never did that for me. Has he ever done that for you? I mean, God personally opened the Red Sea for Moses. God ever done that for you? I've asked God to do that, and he hasn't. God personally walked together with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace. God knocked down a wall for Joshua. God showed up at Moses' place of work and spoke to him there at the burning bush. I've never seen a burning bush. Jesus met personally with Zacchaeus. Jesus healed one person's son. He healed one person's daughter. 
and in another house, he only healed her mother-in-law. I'm saying this, God treats everybody differently, doesn't he? God treats people, again, in a unique way. Now, what does God expect us to do? We read in the Bible about, for example, these miracles like I just mentioned, and how God deal, dealt with these different people. And should we get jealous and say, you know what, God, if he doesn't do that for me, then God's not fair. God doesn't want us to feel that way. God doesn't want us to read about the blessings or hear maybe the answers to prayer of another Christian and say, you know what, that's not fair. Uh, God didn't answer my prayer yet. You see what I'm saying? Uh, God should have the freedom to give blessings to his children according to what he sees as best without all the other children complaining and being envious like Joseph's brothers and feeling like, well, you didn't do that for me. You and I should not expect God to do for us what he does for others. I feel like this is a very important point sometimes in our soul winning. Uh, Barry Krakow, many of you know who he was. He's in heaven now. But God dealt with Barry Krakow for 10 years. He was a Jewish man that finally got saved after 10 years of people witnessing to him. Okay, he has a very unique experience. Now, would it be right for Barry to walk around and expect everybody to be witnessed to for 10 years before they get saved? You'd say, certainly not, because some people heard it the first time. Honestly, when I was a child, I heard it for the very first time. I got saved as far as I know, the first time I understood it. Now, wait a minute. My experience is completely different than Brother Barry's experience. Why is God, unf is God unfair to work with us differently? Not at all. It's because we're different, that's all. It's because of our differences. And in soul winning and in the Christian life, we should not expect God to constantly duplicate like a carbon copy our experiences and the experience of other people. God is going to work with every one of us in a unique way because you're you and you, the person next to you is that person. God is going to work with each one of his children in the way that he thinks is best. And God should be able to do that without people walking around saying, I wish I had that. Or how come God didn't do that for me? If God does, uh, many times people see God do something for somebody else and they get angry at God because God's blessing someone else. Someone else has a new job or someone else has a, a new car or whatever the case is. And people actually get jealous of other Christians because God's blessing in, in them in some way. And that's wrong. We need to be happy for them. We need to be glad for them. We need to say, hey, praise the Lord for that. Amen? Let me make several statements. God loves everybody perfectly. Look in Acts chapter 10, please. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, verse number 34. Acts chapter 10, verse number 34, please. <clears throat> Acts chapter 10, verse number 34. God loves all of his children with a complete, perfect love. God has a complete acceptance for every one of his children. When you accept Christ and God becomes your heavenly father, God, again, gives you an agape love, a perfect love. In Acts chapter 10, verse number 34, you all got it? It says, then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is what? No respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is what? The Bible says here that God is no respecter of persons. What does that mean? There's no favorites with God. That means God loves all his children with a perfect love, a love that you could not be loved any better or any more. God, again, has a perfect love for any one of his children. No one can say, I wish God loved me more. You cannot say that because that's impossible. Amen? None of you, now, none of us would have a, a love offered us by God that's any different. Now, it is true that some people get closer to God and receive more of that love, 
For example, John, when, he was, uh, when Jesus was here, John would sit next to Jesus and lean on his breast at, at dinner time. And what was he doing? He was receiving that love. Now, does, did God love any of the other disciples less than John? Of course not. But John was constantly looking for that love. And he was, again, receiving that love. And he was seeking that love. And he was, again, always open to that love. Now, some Christians may not feel loved by God because they're not open to it. But the truth is this. God loves all his children the same. But God does special things for each child as he will. Do not expect God to give the same blessings to you that God gives to his other children. Otherwise, we're in trouble. When we read the Bible, we see that God deals with people very differently. We see God do special things for Noah that he did not do with Paul. We see God do special things for John that he did not do for Isaiah. We see God do special things for each one of his children, and God did that at his will to express his love and to be a blessing to those people he loved. God dealt with everyone in a unique way depending on them. You see, with Peter, many times Jesus spoke with him one-on-one. -on -one. He spoke to him like a leader because Peter had earned that right. Peter had constantly stood up for Jesus. During that ministry where he called those 12 in three and a half years, Peter rose to the top of those uh, 12 and he became one of the inner circle and within the inner circle, with, together with James and John, Peter became like the spokesman. Now, did God love Peter more than James? Did God love Peter more than Andrew or Thomas? Of course not. Jesus loved them all the same. But because Peter had, again, shown more interest and more zeal and given more time to God, Peter, again, many times had personal conversations with Jesus. Some of the other disciples are hardly even mentioned in the Gospels. Again, God loved them the same, but they did not, if you will, pursue their relationship as much as Peter did. But God dealt with everyone in a unique way depending on them. Now, we as parents need to make sure that all of our children feel loved the same. It is very important that we express our love to all our children. Now, this can apply to your bus ministry. You may have some kids that ride for 10 years every day. You may have other kids that ride once in a while for the last three months. Again, we should try to show that love to everyone. I remember one time my pastor visited somebody in the hospital for the very first time. Never met the man, but the man was sick, and somebody, I guess, called uh, to, to see if he could visit him, and he met with him, prayed with him, and he said, Sir, because Jesus loves you, I love you. And that man said, say that again. He said, because Jesus loves you, I love you. That man said, that's the first time somebody's ever said that aloud to me like that. We ought to be able to love everybody with God's love. I'm simply saying that some of the rough kids, some of the kids that are, are not very lovable, all of the kids in our Sunday school classes, all the kids at VBS, we ought to love them the same. We ought to have a concern for them, a care for them. That's not from us, that's from God, and that's the whole idea. We're supposed to be conduits from, uh, used by God to love other people. We're supposed to love everyone the same. Now apply that to your business. Apply that to your dealings with people. Apply that, if you will, to your family. As a mom and dad, you ought to love your children all the same, and that ought to come out. Be careful about being favoritistic. Look in the Bible to Genesis 21. Having favorites is very, very First of all, it's ungodly, and it'll destroy your family. What I'm saying is, if you love one of your children more than some of the other children, better be careful. You better be careful. You say, well, that's, maybe it's a stepson or a stepdaughter. That doesn't matter. We need to be very careful with that. If it's your child, it's your child. 
If that's a place where you are now uh, in the role of a parent, we need to love them all the same. Amen? Again, look at, look at us. We were grafted in. The Jews were the ones, the original, uh, if you will, uh, people of God. God grafted us in as Gentiles. I don't feel for a minute that God loves a Gentile, me being a Gentile, more than any Jew in the world. I believe that God loves us as much as he loves everybody in heaven. Amen? And so my point is we need to work hard in our hearts of loving all our children, no matter what exactly our relationship to them is, uh, and no matter what their behavior, we need to love them all the same. You say, why? Because that's what God does. God loves every one of his children the same. So we need to be very careful about uh, saying, well, I love this one a little bit more. Now, my, my, I say it sometimes, and I say to my daughter, I, you're, you're my favorite daughter. But I could say that because that's my only one. I don't say that to my son because even though he's my only one, he's still not my favorite. But uh, my point is this. Uh, I, I, I can say it, but listen, if you've got two daughters, you better be careful about saying you're my favorite. You better be careful. Don't say that and don't even think it. Amen? Maybe you've got two boys or three boys or whatever. Listen, be careful about saying, you know what? You're the best one. You're the smartest one. I really love you. Better, better be careful. God doesn't do that to us, does he? Does he love people with hair more than bald people? No, definitely not. Uh, listen, I know my Bible. Listen, uh, in, it, the Bible says somewhere bald is beautiful. I don't know where it says it, but it's in there somewhere. Uh, I'm simply saying this, that God loves his older children the same. And in the Bible, there were several circumstances, and many circumstances actually, where parents didn't pick up on that. Genesis 21, 14. Genesis chapter 21, verse 14. Genesis chapter 21, verse number 14. Here, of course, uh, the Bible says, And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. This is talking about Hagar and Ishmael. What a mess. And here, uh, Abraham uh, says, you know what, Hagar, uh, I really don't like you too much. Uh, and you know what, I, I don't care about Ishmael, though it's my son. And he sent, tries to send her away. That doesn't work. That just creates chaos. Amen? And so here, Abraham had a choice between Isaac and Ishmael and says, you know what, I prefer Isaac over Ishmael. Look in uh, Genesis 25. Genesis chapter 25, verse number 28. Genesis chapter 25, verse number 28. Genesis chapter 25, verse number 28. The Bible says here, God um, gave Isaac two sons, Esau and, and Jacob, and he had a preference. Uh, in Genesis chapter 25, verse 28, and Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but uh, Rebekah loved what a mess. What a mess. Now you got the mother having favorites, the father has favorites. What a disaster because, again, parents did not understand that as parents, they have the responsibility to love all their children the same. Look in Genesis chapter 29. Genesis chapter 29, verse number 30. Genesis chapter 29, verse number 30. Genesis chapter 29, verse number 30. The Bible says there, And he went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel, what? More than Leah, and served with him yet seven other years. Hey, if you ever get married and have two wives, make sure you love the one uh, as much as the other one. What am I talking about? But again, you see, the, my point is, when you love one more than the other, you have chaos. You have a disaster. Ishmael and Isaac, mess. Uh, Esau and Jacob, what a mess. Uh, Jacob had to leave home. Esau is going to try to kill him. Uh, here, uh, Rachel and, and Leah, what a mess. Again, what a divided family. What a disaster. Look in uh, Genesis 33. Genesis chapter 33, verse number 1. Genesis chapter 33, verse number 1. I'm sorry, look in Genesis chapter 37. Genesis 37. Genesis chapter 37, verse number 1. 
Uh, verse number 3. Genesis chapter 37, verse number 3. Genesis, Genesis chapter 37, verse number 3. It says, now Israel loved Joseph more. That's the problem right there. More than all his what? Because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. What a tragic mess, right? Joseph's brother sold him into slavery, hated him and so forth. It was a, it was a wrong beginning. The, the parents got off to the wrong start. They didn't love all their children the same. And what a domino effect it had of trouble in all of their lives. All of this was because of favoritism in the family. Listen, God loves all his children the same, so should we. Amen? Listen, never our children should have the idea, you know what, mommy and daddy love me a little less than so-and-so. You know, a lot of kids doing a lot of crazy things for attention. That's why they're doing it. They're looking for that acceptance, that attention. You know what? So-and-so is the favorite. I've heard young people say to me, honestly, the other brother, the other sister is the favorite. And that that's ought to be something that we never allow our children to feel. Amen? Our children are all valuable. They're all cherished. They're all given to us by God. They're all a heritage of the Lord. They're all a gift from God. And all of us, as parents especially, ought to make our children feel uh, love the same. We love them all the same. Doesn't matter how old they are. Doesn't matter how smart they are. I'm thinking of a family not in this church, but the, the, the three children are very, very smart. And the one uh, boy has a, a certain uh, mental handicap and he's just really, really uh, not, not, not going to be able to uh, even really have a normal life. Uh, but I'll tell you what, these parents are, tr uh, are really on purpose making all their children feel loved, even that boy that's going through so much difficulty. And that's how we ought to be with parents, amen, at children. But we should have the freedom to do special things for each child without feeling, without the other children feeling like you owe me that too. Okay, what happens is sometimes we equate love with, again, spending time with them or giving them certain blessings or, again, treating them in a certain way. Our heart, our love, ought to be the same for all of them. But we treat them individually because they're individuals. They're different ages. Some of them are boys, some of them are girls. Some of them are responsible, some are not. Some are more mature, some are less mature. And we treat them in a unique way because they're unique people. You say, well, why do you do that? Because God does that. If God does that, then I'm supposed to do that. Isn't that right? Uh, just because one, one child is 18 uh, and you can give him the keys to the car doesn't mean you turn around to the six-year-old and say, well, I gave him the keys, I have to give you the keys. It's, it's, it's illogical. But sometimes kids seem to get this entitlement mentality. Here's a good example of that. Look in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, verse number 25. 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 The Bible says there, obviously this is the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son, the younger boy, came back home and of course his father was glad to see him and uh, gave him a ring, gave him a robe and gave him shoes on his feet and had a big party for him because he was celebrating. Now, the next morning, <laughs> the party was going to be over, and that younger boy was going to have to go work for the older brother. That, that, his, his inheritance was gone. You all with me? But the truth is this. During the party, look in verse 25. Now, the elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. 
And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father has killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. Well, isn't that a good thing to do? Shouldn't the father do that? Of course he could. And, and, and that's his right. It's his calf. He could do whatever he want with it, right? And he should uh, celebrate that the son is back. Praise the Lord. Verse 28, and he was what? And would not go in. And therefore came his father out and entreated him. Reminded me of a little girl in junior camp. My wife told me about She a little girl uh, got out in one of the games, and so she started walking away. She wasn't going to participate in the games anymore because she got out. And my wife turned around and said, listen, you go back and you cheer for the other kids. This is the mentality sometimes kids have. Well, I didn't get that, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to clap for you. No, no, wait. We need, to be, we need to redirect ourselves here and make sure that we are training our children, hey, if you can't have it, at least be glad for the person that did get it. Isn't that right? Maybe we didn't learn that. Let me say it again. Hey, if you didn't win the lotto, no. Uh, if, you didn't, if you didn't win the game... Hey, be glad for the other team or glad for the other person that won. Praise the Lord. That, that's, that's, that's good showmanship. That's, that's, that's how we should be, especially with our brother or sister. Right? Look, if you didn't get the big piece of the bologna sandwich, at least be glad for your brother who did, okay? Look in verse 28. He was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father and treated him. Look what he says, verse 29. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. What kind of attitude is that? You never gave me one. Well, guess what? Maybe in the future he will, but right now you ought to be happy for your brother who's getting one. You see, this brother had that entitlement attitude. Well, you never did that for me, so I don't want him to have it. And we need to be careful with our children. Our children need to be loved all the same. But we treat them according to the situation, and we treat them in a unique way. Hey, older brother, you don't get a fatted calf, but you do get whatever the inheritance is. Hey, you do get the house. Hey, you do get the field. Hey, you do get the horses. Hey, you do get the good name. This boy here is going to be working for you tomorrow. Don't worry, he got a fatted calf. That's all he's got. You still got more than him. And so we as parents need to teach our children that it is okay for us to do something for big sister or big brother or younger sister or younger brother, and they ought to rejoice at that, and they ought to be happy for their brother or sister instead of pouting that they didn't get it. Are you all with me? You see, here's my issue. I see this sometimes where some parents, if they give one child a dollar, they have to turn around and give all their children a dollar. I don't think that's real life. Is that what happens in real life? I mean, if, if, if your boss gives one person a promotion, he has to give all the employees a promotion, right? I mean, if somebody, if somebody uh, uh, finds uh, uh, something, uh, maybe finds a $20 bill in the parking lot, you're going to come in and say, well, we all, need, we all deserve $20. No, no, wait a minute. There's something wrong when we start thinking, you know what, uh, daddy gave one child something, now everybody ought to have it, otherwise daddy's not fair. That, that is something wrong with that. That's not how God does things. It seems like sometimes children are keeping score, well, you did this and you did this and you did this, you have to do the same thing for me. And that prevents us from being able to be a blessing to our children the way they deserve or the way we see fit in our life. Look in Romans chapter 12, verse number 15. This is the principle that I'm aiming at here. In Romans chapter 12, verse number 15, and this is an important principle for us to teach our children, and it starts with simple things, little things at home. In Romans chapter 12, verse number 15, 
Romans chapter 12, verse number 15. Romans chapter 12, verse number 15. Romans chapter 12, verse number 15. You all got it? The Bible says there, rejoice with them that what? And weep with them that what? Okay, so if Austin over here, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Drew, Drew man over here, he's getting, he's getting so manly and stuff, I almost confused him with Austin. If Drew here right now, uh, say for example, if he, um, if he uh, what's a good example? If he, if he wins a free uh, ticket to, to go out to steak tonight, am I supposed to walk around saying, what come he won? That wasn't fair. What am I supposed to do according to the Bible? I'm supposed to rejoice with him. He's going to jump up and down. I'm supposed to say, hey, I'm happy for you, man. I hope you enjoy your steak tonight. Now, wait a minute. At the same time, if over here Justin loses and he doesn't uh, win uh, this, the, 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 the spring program and doesn't get a steak dinner, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to weep. Well, he's supposed to rejoice for him, but I'm supposed to weep with them that weep. Hey, we're both losers. Bunch of losers over here. Bunch of, oh, you're all losers because he won. No, it's a principle. We're supposed to rejoice with him and rejoice for him. Hey, I'm glad you won. You did a good job. You worked hard. And, 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 and also, if something uh, bad happens to one of our brothers or sisters, we're supposed to care about them and weep with them that weep. Are you with me? We're supposed to make their pain our pain. See, parents, if they do something special for one child, hey, the other ones ought to be happy for that child. If the parents do something for one child because it's their birthday, the other children ought to say, hey, that's great. We're glad that child is getting that. That's how we ought to rear our children. And they ought to take turns. Now, again, it stands without saying, we as parents need to be careful. We don't do 10 things for one child and nothing for the other kids. You with me? But there's a balance here. Our children need to feel all love the same, but realize that we ought to always teach them that God does special things at special times for uh, unique situations, and that's part of life. We as parents need to train that. Uh, train our children to be able to do that. Again, I think it's so important that our children feel love the same, but we train them that, hey, you're all going to get treated in a unique way. You're all going to have unique blessings from God. Every one of you, God is going to show you he loves you, maybe in one way, but not necessarily in the way of another person. Again, for example, my daughter. My daughter, if I say to my daughter, uh, any time, I say, listen, let's go out and let's spend some money. My daughter is good to go. Right, Jake? My daughter is good to go. I mean, she'll go and get her shoes on and she'll be out the door. Let's go spend money. Now, listen, that's what she likes doing. Why do I do that with her? Because she likes that. She gets that from her mother. <laughs> my daughter's into that. Hey, if, if I, if I want to go out and, and, and do something, now, wait a minute, do I do that with Jake? No, because Jake is not into that. Okay, but if I say to my daughter, hey, hey, sweet, let's go out, go quadding, let's go hunting or fishing, she's going to be like, I don't want to do that. I do certain things with him, and I do certain things with her. Hopefully, they both feel loved. You feel loved? Now's the time to say it. A good time to say it. Hopefully, they both feel loved the same, but I treat them completely different. Why? Because Angel, I mean Angel, uh, Jacob is such a fine young man. That's why I treat him better. No, but the, and I, see how I'm saying these things because Hannah's not here? But uh, I, I, I treat them uniquely because they're unique people. 
Now, sometimes we do things together, but I, have, I want to retain the freedom as a parent to do special things at special times and not feel like, well, if I do it for one, I got to do it for the other. I think this is especially challenging. For example, look at like Brother Ben, you have three uh, boys, and now you have a girl I know, and Brother Kim, you have three girls. I think each one of those girls and each one of those boys ought to feel equally loved. Amen? But you ought to, be, you ought to have a special relationship with each one. Each one's unique. Isn't that right? Amen. And isn't that how God is with us? I feel that God loves us all the same. But you know what? God's going to give each one of us unique blessings. God's going to treat us in a unique way. Why? Because we're unique people. Some of, them, some of us are uh, maybe more mature in one way than another way. And God doesn't have to do for you what he does for me or do for me what he does for you. You know what? God is God. Amen? Let him do. I know he loves me. I know he expresses that to me. He does it in ways that are meaningful to me that... I appreciate. My wife has certain things that uh, she, she, she takes that as a way that God loves her. Many of you ladies know when, she's a, she, when she sees a red bird, like a car- cardinal, that's her little I love you uh, sign from God. When I see a cardinal, I see a cardinal. Okay, but God does little things for her, and God does things for me, and that's the way we ought to work with our children. Love them the same but feel free as a parent to treat them in a unique way because they're unique people. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for another great uh, Bible study. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Lord, thank you for loving us all equally, Lord. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, Lord, so that each each and every one of us has the same opportunity to go to heaven, Lord. But thank you also that you you treat us each uh, uniquely, Lord, and Lord, uh, we're supposed to be Christ-like and just help us to uh, be just that, Lord, and help us to uh, Lord, love our children equally, love, love, love people equally, Lord, but Lord, help us to have relationships with uh, others that are unique, Lord. Help us to uh, follow your example, Lord, as, uh, as we're supposed to. In Jesus' name I pray.